We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's for... Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Sports Daily on a Wednesday. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you on this hump day edition of the program. A lot to get to today. We had a shocker game last night. We get the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Brian Haney joining us today as it's a slower week in college basketball across the spectrum. But we did get Wichita State last night, so we'll get into that a little bit here on the program as well. We've got more massive baseball contracts. We've got a giveaway for you today, maybe two. We've got the Kansas City Royals in the headlines, and we have signing day stuff to talk about and classes coming together and, you know, K-State's taking center stage with a lot of local flair to it. Uh, There's all kinds of different stuff that happens. Uh, The early signing period is today. So, you know, it's it's all it's not as big a deal, Tommy, as it used to be. Sorry, it's a, it's next Wednesday, but we're a week ahead of it. We're getting some of the signings today in the early signing period. Um it's it's interesting that we do that and Wesley Fair is signing to go to K-State, which is why it's on my mind, but we've got a few local kids signing in the period signing day 10 years ago it was all like one day tommy we learned all the decisions on that day it was this big deal now we kind of know and it's sprinkled out i kind of like it better this way it takes some of the flair out of it but it certainly makes it a whole lot easier to follow along with there's all sorry there's also a a ton of talent uh in the wichita area and in the state of kansas in general uh and so that makes it exciting too you know to be able to to know that you've got some really high quality football players that are, you know, getting ready to sign to play for major college programs. So that makes it a lot more exciting. Yeah, Wesley Fair's the big one going to K State today. He's of course being joined by a couple other local talents, Will Ancio and uh, Avery Johnson. We've got Dylan Edwards making his decision. It's a it's a fruitful class around the area. So his signing today sort of has that on the mind. We'll take a look at some of the classes, take a look at where Kansas State stacks up in that. Uh, a little bit later. Take a look at KU as well. Um, it's 
It's a shocker game day, post-game reaction day, Tommy. So let's start there today. Jad Chambers producing for us. Shocker fans, if you want to get in touch with the program, 869-1240 is the number to call. Mississippi Valley State, uh, we talked about the, you know, the, the spread and all of those things, and the Shockers defensively did what they wanted to do. Maybe you'd like to see just a little bit more offense. A 23-point win, so they didn't cover. We, we talked about that spread, and that was probably didn't make a whole lot of sense to to bet one that big. But, you know, the Shockers defensively look great, Tommy, which we needed to see because Mississippi Valley State had been challenged offensively. Uh, they held them to 35% shooting. Uh, they turned them over 23 times. And, you know, Tommy, for me, uh, the Shockers, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an offensive clinic as we'd have hoped, but it was enough. And they took care of the basketball. They only turned it over three times. And that's been the problem, in my opinion, for Wichita State in its losses. I think, I, I guess I don't have misconceptions that this is going to be an offensive juggernaut team. I don't think it is. I do think it can be a really good defensive team. And I think if they can do what they did, you know, against an inferior opponent, but take care of the basketball, I think that's going to be their key to victory, as it is most years for Wichita State. Yeah, let's take that turnover number and take it a step further. They were plus 12 in the assist-to-turnover ratio. They had 15 assists and only three turnovers. So they took care of the ball beautifully while distributing it pretty well throughout the course of that game. That's what we wanted to see, right? Uh, yeah, they didn't hang 90 on Mississippi Valley State. Uh, they only shot 37% from the field. Uh, but ultimately... A comfortable game where the Shockers were able to jump out to an early lead. Like they had it, you know, like a 20-point lead pretty early on and then consistently hung with it, you know, throughout the second half. That's what you want to see happen when you're playing an inferior opponent like Mississippi Valley State. And, you know, keep in mind that Mississippi Valley State is in the same conference that Alcorn State is in. And Alcorn State went into Coke Arena and beat the Shockers. Uh, so, yeah, Mississippi Valley State doesn't have the, the level of talent that the Shockers are going to see ne- you know, this weekend at Interest Bank Arena when they take on Oklahoma State. They don't have the same level of talent that the Shockers are going to face when they get into American Conference play. But you wanted to see a tune-up game that was comfortable for Wichita State where they didn't turn the ball over. They shot the ball okay. They had a comfortable lead, and then their defense was absolutely suffocating and forcing 23 turnovers on Mississippi Valley State. I I don't know about you, but I saw just about everything that I wanted to see in that game last night. Yeah, look, I I would have liked to see some more offense because, you know, at some point you want to see that take a step forward. I'm not sure it's going to. Uh, the, you know, we're, we're starting to see a trend with the offensive leaders in Jaron Pierre, Jaquan Walton, and Craig Porter Jr. Uh, Gus Okafor has slowed down a bit offensively. And then I think we're going to see a mix of guys for a while. But last night, those, those kinds of games against a team you know you're going to beat, Tommy, can get a little weird because, like, at that point, what do the coaches want to work on, right? Like, what do they want to do? What, are the, what, what kinds of things are they trying to accomplish in a game like that? Um, taking care of the basketball shouldn't interfere with any of that, and they did that finally last night. If they can do that, and they lost the rebounding battle. Like, weird things happen in blowout games with, you know, David versus Goliath. So I don't know what to make about losing the rebounding battle to Mississippi Valley State when you beat them by 23 points or whatever it is. 
but taking care of the basketball is something we got to see this team do no matter what. I think that they're going to defend Tommy no matter what. That's what they do. That's the way Isaac Brown coaches, and that's the way they need to play. So if they can combine that with taking care of the basketball, when you limit the opponent's opportunities for easy baskets, it obviously lends itself to the style of basketball Wichita State is likely going to have to play this year to win games. And so can they do – they did it against Mississippi Valley State. That's great. Can they do it against Oklahoma State now becomes the really big question. And and that's what we'll see this weekend in a perfect – you know, and, and it's not the end of the non-con. They still get one more against Texas Southern, which, again, is should be just sort of a tune-up game, even though Texas Southern's had some decent teams over the years. Uh, but this Oklahoma State game this weekend is the opportunity now, I think, to, you know, what what can you do against a team like that when it comes to taking care of the basketball? And I keep harping on that because I think it's been the biggest problem for this team this year. I think for this team specifically, it's a bigger issue, Tommy, than not being able to score a ton of points, right? Because I think that the reality is this team probably isn't ever going to score a ton of points. But what you can do is get better taking care of the basketball. That helps your great defense, and that can help you win games. Yeah, on top of that, though, I think that it's kind of 1A and 1B, you know, as far as the concerns. I mean— if this is a team that doesn't score a lot of points and we know that they don't, then every possession matters. And if you're going to turn the ball over multiple times, uh, then you're limiting your opportunities. Right. That really, I mean, the, the team doesn't score well anyway. So you want to try to maximize those chances that you've got by taking care of the basketball. Right. And so I was really encouraged to see the Shockers only turn the ball over three times last night because that had been a major Achilles heel from this team uh, throughout the entire season. As far as the offensive output for Wichita State, we've asked this question multiple times, going all the way back to before the season started. We knew Craig Porter Jr. was going to have the offensive responsibilities on his shoulders. But beyond that, we didn't know. We didn't know who else would be able to step up and score the basketball outside of Craig Porter Jr. I think that that question has been answered somewhat by this point. I think we know Jaron Pierre is going to be able to be an offensive leader on this team. I think we know Jaquan Walton is going to be able to, more often than not, be a decent offensive player for this squad. Uh, and that had been a major question. And I think what had been so concerning about it, Jacob, is that not only were we asking that question before the season started, but we were several games in and we were still asking that question. Who else is going to be able to step up offensively and not just we would see somebody for one game play well James Rojas I remember had a game where he scored a bunch of points Xavier Bell had a game that he scored a good amount of points but there wasn't really anybody consistently doing that I feel more comfortable right now saying yeah more likely than not it's going to be Jaron Pierre and Jaquan Walton night in and night out uh, depending on the opponent depending on their defense but you know I, I am more comfortable answering that question who can score the ball outside of Craig Porter than I was a few weeks ago? Yeah, look, it's going to be different guys. I mean, you'd like to see the consistency. Jaron Pierre had 15, but he was 5 of 10 on three. So is he going to shoot 50% at that high volume from three all year? No, he's not. But I love seeing um, him shoot it the way that he did. I, I, do too, I do too, but nobody shoots 50% from three, right? Nobody. So 
I love seeing him shoot it. I love seeing anybody on this team, after we've watched the last few years, shoot the three-point shot well. They shot it really well in the first half, 42%, and then it cooled in the second half, which is why that margin trimmed down a little bit. I don't want them to become reliant on the three because it's not going to work. We know that. History tells us that. So create that offense, and they're doing that. They, look, it's going to be different guys every night. You need the consistency from Craig Porter and probably from those other two guys to at least get up there, and then I'm fine with it being a collection of other guys. doesn't really matter as long as everybody's defending, which they have been, and everybody's you know taking care of the basketball, which they did last night finally, and we'll see. Oklahoma State's not great this year so far, right? They have losses to Southern Illinois, uh, UCF, beat them in overtime, uh, a loss at UConn's nothing to, to shake a stick at. UConn's fantastic this year in Virginia Tech. So not bad losses, um, but they don't have a lot of great wins either. So I think you look at the Oklahoma State game this weekend as an opportunity if you're Wichita State. There's no reason Wichita State can't hang in that game. Um, no reason at all. And so what's that going to take most likely? It's going to take a fantastic defensive effort, and it's going to take you know taking care of the basketball. Because I don't, I just don't know after how many games have we played this year? 10? Um, I don't know at this point how many points this team is ever going to consistently score. I think that it's not going to be because they played great offense that they win just about any game. Now, that may happen time in and time out, but it's not going to be the bread and butter of this team. What will be is the defense. And maybe the rebounding. Again, I don't, I don't under, fully understand how they were out-rebounded last night because they, it didn't really matter. They were, they were crushing them, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really care because it didn't matter in that game. But taking care of the basketball does matter. And if they're going to be a defensive-minded team, they can't turn the ball over for the reasons you just said. If, you're, if your entire existence on, and, and formula is to limit your opponent's opportunities to score, you can't give them easy ones. And so that's what I just will keep looking at for this team. Are they going to do that? Because, you know, the play angry, the defense, I do think this group seems bought into that, and that's good. Uh, I, and that's that's not just with a That's everybody, I think. Like, they're all getting in there defensively and doing what they need to do. And I think you just got to kind of see who the hot hand is, right? Like, you check it and see who's going to score tonight. Um, I mean, that, that seems like the path here. And... I think even more than KU and, and K-State, as we watch all three teams so closely all year, I'm the most excited for Wichita State to get to conference play because I still think they have the most to prove. We know KU is going to be good to great, right? We're pretty sure K-State will be better than we thought. We don't know anything about Wichita State at this point. It kind of feels like, right? Like we're still really trying to evaluate this team. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just... It feels like reality. I think we have ideas of the identity of the team, but I don't think we have a good idea of how good this team could be if it plays up to its full potential. Yeah, look at a team like KU, and we know the style of basketball that they, they want to play. They want to get out and run. They want to play in transition. They want to have tons of possessions throughout the game. That's not Wichita State. That's not the way that this Shocker program is built. And so if you're going to not have a ton of possessions, game in and game out, like I just mentioned, you can't turn the ball over. It just it isn't going to work. And you go back to that game uh, in Manhattan last weekend when the Shockers took on the Wildcats, and that was a 55-50 loss for Wichita State. 
They only scored 50 points. They played really good defense, but they turned the ball over and they gave Kansas State multiple opportunities to get back in the game. And then ultimately the Wildcats won the game. That can't be a recipe for success for Wichita State. Honestly, look, I don't think anybody is going to sit here and say that Wichita State scoring 50 points in a game is going to lead to a whole lot of success for the program. But I'm a lot more okay with 50 points if they can limit and play suffocating defense and then not turn the ball over and win the rebounding battle. So I'm with you. I mean, I think that, yeah, we would all love to see you know, a big offensive explosion um, in any game from, from this program. I'm just not sure that's a reality, but I think that there are ways that you can compensate for that. And then we talked about, you know, obviously Craig Porter and, you know, Jaron Pierre, Jaquan Walton. I think that it's time to start looking at Melvion Flanagan as potentially maybe the best walk-on that Wichita State's had in a while. And at least in the last two games, probably the best walk-on performances that we've seen in a while. I mean, he had nine points in 12 minutes. And then let's not forget that without Flanagan, I'm not sure Wichita State gets back in that game against Longwood uh, over the weekend. So, you know, I think that they've got they've got somebody in Flanagan that they can lean on. And more so than I think a lot of other walk-ons you would be comfortable leaning on. But he's showing he's got that swag. Uh, he's got that attitude. And he can certainly provide a spark. Yeah, I, look, he, they're and they're revving him up. I think, and and I like that. Um, I I do think, I do think that they're doing a good job with him and and you know g- getting him where he needs to go. Just for the record, and I haven't done this yet this year until like literally right now. I just pulled this up. Ken Palm. So Wichita State right now is eighty four in Ken Palm. That's not awful, um, all things considered. They're in the same, you know, conversation with. Nebraska and Nevada and Notre Dame and, you know, whatever. There's teams up and down there. Um, so I, I think that it's probably okay where they're at. Um, but they're 45th right now in adjusted defense, Tom. They're top 50 in adjusted defense. It's very clear they're 158 in adjusted offense. We've seen this before. We've seen these similar things. Wichita State struggles offensively, but they play really good defense. And, and that is just sort of the brand that's been there for a while. Outside of that Landry Shamit, uh, Austin Reeves team for Greg Marshall that was scoring like 80 points a game, typically those are the kinds of things we see from Wichita State, right? Really good defense. They don't shoot a tremendous percentage or anything like that. But we've seen that formula work. And they're athletic enough right now to make that formula work this year. Last year they were too, and it didn't work, and that's why last year was so disappointing. This year it could be the same thing. If they can just take care of the basketball, they're playing a level of defense that will allow them to win plenty of games in the conference. So that's what we'll see. They get the game at Interest Bank Arena this weekend against Oklahoma State. Should be a lot of fun. I hope they get a big crowd for that. Um, It'll be an 8 o'clock tip on Saturday night against Oklahoma State. So, time will tell. That'll be a much better test, obviously, than Mississippi Valley State. They passed the test of not turning the ball over last night about as well as you possibly can in a basketball game, and we'll see if they can continue that into the bigger uh, game this weekend against a Big 12 opponent. 869-1240. Plenty of time for your Shocker takes, Shocker fans. 
Give us a call. Let us know. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little KU athletics. Probably lean a little harder on basketball as we wait for that bowl game here with Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. Uh, They're in a weird part of their schedule where they're not really playing for a while. Uh, So we'll talk to Haney about that, what's been going on there. And we will continue on Sports Daily right after this. Back everybody, Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. Uh, ready to go and be joined by the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney, as KU has been uh, has been slow going here. Not a lot of basketball being played. We're tracking him down right now uh, for our weekly visit. Tommy, it's strange. Uh, you've got since December. Right, we've had two games in two weeks, and we'll have four games basically in four weeks. In the it's like a game a week here for four straight weeks. It's probably a good thing for Bill Self, but I got to tell you, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Well, I think it makes a little bit of sense. They had a huge, high energy game against Missouri over the weekend. They need a little bit of time to come down from Uh that, and then this weekend, it's a. Well, I I mean, come on, like you get hyped up, you get up for a game like that, but then you move on this weekend to take on a really, really good Indiana team. And so I'm sure that Bill Self is loving the opportunity to have, you know, extra prep time leading up to this game against Indiana this weekend. You know, he is. I mean, it's a really interesting way to design a schedule. You kind of go, you know, very fast paced with some really good games early, uh, including Duke. North Carolina State, Wisconsin, Tennessee, right? Just boom, boom, boom. You're hitting those games hard, and then you sort of take a step back. You rev it up a little bit. You had Seton Hall. They didn't give you a test this year. No way to know that. Mizzou, Indiana, Harvard's typically decent. And then you're in conference play. I I do like the design of the schedule as far as getting better as a basketball team, but as somebody who wants to watch the games— that's not enough, right? Like, I, I need games. This is the time of year, Tommy, where I'd like to have, if I could just have my own selfish way, I'd like to have the Shockers, KU, and K-State all play one game a night, but, like, every day of the week. So you get one of them each night of the week. That's what I would selfishly like. Um, not not, not Maybe the Maybe they all need to once. consult you when they're putting their schedules they together. They do. They do. I mean, that would be good for everybody, I think, if they could just uh, – <laughs> You give me a buzz here. Like we, we got a few days to kill. Let's 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 get something done. We jo- we're joined now by Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. Brian, um, what you know? Selfishly, this isn't enough basketball for me. This one game a week thing for a few weeks here isn't going to get it done for me. I know I know Coach Self probably likes that, but I sure don't. You know, he enjoys the extra practice time, but this week, you know, they're a little lighter with the guys because it's finals week. And he would much prefer to play two games as opposed to having to do all the other stuff that happens, uh, you know, when we've got the downtime. But one of the things he enjoys is coming to Wichita, Kansas, 
our annual round ball luncheon, which is later today. So as soon as I hang up with you guys, we're hopping on a plane and taking that 26-minute flight to Wichita, and uh, we'll be down there later today. But that's, that's the type of stuff that goes on when you're only playing one game every eight or nine days. Uh, but it's, it gives us a chance to, to meet with some of our favorite fans there in your part of the state and certainly excited to be there in just a few hours. Hey, Brian, let's go back and uh, recap that game against Missouri over the weekend. Of course, you were there in the hostile territory in Columbia. And, you know, we know the amount of hype, the amount of excitement that goes into playing a rivalry game like that. At the end of the day, the final score is all that matters. And that final score was it, it was a large margin, right? It was a large gap. Uh, were you at all surprised by the amount of that that victory that Kansas had? I mean, did, did you feel like it was going to be even a little bit closer, considering that Missouri was nine and zero, and that it was you know inside Mizzou Arena? Or did did you think that okay, yeah, this is an opportunity for Kansas to really go in and show their dominance and really show everybody that, hey, this rivalry is not nearly as close as it used to be. You know what, Tommy, I woke up that day and I thought, I, I've got a feeling Vegas is going to be off by 25 points today. And that's yeah. exactly what they were. <laughs> now, now, nobody thought that heading in. I mean, I think we all were confident that Kansas could go in and win by double digits. But nobody saw 28 points on the final margin coming in. Yeah, we just beat them by 37 a year earlier, third largest victory margin in, in series history. But they only had three guys back from last year's team, and they kept the best of last year's team in Kobe Brown, his preseason first-team All-SEC. And Coach Gates brings in all these transfer portal additions. And so we were mindful of you know the fact that this is going to be a completely different-looking team that has had some success with a differing style. The the win that was of merit was obviously winning at Wichita State, uh, 88-84. Other than that, though, all their opponents were like Lindenwood and Houston Christian and teams like SEMO. And, and so we knew they'd not faced a major conference opponent yet. They'd certainly not faced a top 10 opponent yet. And so we had a feeling Kansas could go in and win this thing, you know, by 10, 12 points, something like that. But, you know, to have a chance to win by 30 was not really on anybody's radar, at least those that were speaking honestly a week ago, because we, we really felt like this was a vastly improved Missouri team. Problem is the style that they play, uh, it might work against some of the smaller schools that, that don't have the horses. But when you go up against, you know, five-star athletes and speed and size and all that, Kansas was able to run with them, run past them, throw the ball over them. They over commit sometimes defensively and sell out for the steal and we were just lobbing it over the top and you know KJ had six or seven dunks en route to a career high 19 points and we saw this Kansas team feed off the energy of the crowd in the ways that you would hope they would but we really didn't know and that kind of fed into the cautious optimism as well while they've not played a major conference team we've not played a true road game and so we were curious to see how would our guys respond to that atmosphere. And that question was answered within the first four minutes. I mean, Kansas races out to the quick start, and I'm watching Kevin McCuller and Jalen Wilson just grinning from ear to ear like kids on Christmas morning uh, as they would hit one basket after the other and then look up into the Missouri student section, uh, just almost kind of laughing, not mocking them or anything, but just, you know, enjoying, savoring, thriving in their ability with their play on the floor to shut up what was going on in the stands. Cause it was relentless in the stands from the moment 
they open the doors. And I, I give their fans a lot of credit for their passion and, and how much, you know, a, a young group of Missouri students who had no idea what this rivalry was about since it went away for a decade to jump right back into the middle of it. Now, not all of their cheers and taunts and all that were, were the classiest of, of cheers. They, they ruined my favorite song by the Killers, Mr. Brightside. But uh, they, uh, <laughs> and, and if, you, if you know, you know on that one. But uh, our guys kind of fed off of that and, and really savored having a chance to shut them up. And so that was fun to watch as well. But, yeah, to answer your question honestly, I, I thought we'd win by 10 or 12. Nobody saw 28 points coming. I, I mean, we – we loved that line. I mean, we're talking about lines. We're like th- three and a half. I thought, here's what I thought. And this is a, like, honestly, I thought when somebody told me that, I was like, no, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at the bowl game. You're looking at the football line. Because, like, that, that's what I thought. Cause I think that's what the line is. And I was like three and a half to Missouri. Cause we had seen Missouri play Wichita state. And it was like, God, they, they allowed an offensively challenged shocker team to score 80 on them. Like, KU is going right. to at least score 90 here and maybe challenge 100. And that's what we saw. And they had all that practice time. And the practice time is interesting right now. Again, selfishly, we want to see them play more basketball than this. But, man, I look at the design of this schedule with all the big-time games they played right out of the gate and now all the time they're taking in between these games to fine-tune some things. There probably are a lot of advantages to doing it this way, I would think, for a coach like Bill Self who thrives so much in practice. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I think with so many young pieces, you would have liked a little bit softer of a build-up uh, as opposed to all the you know, projected NCAA tournament teams they played out the gate. But they always schedule ambitiously like that. And you could argue that they saved their toughest non-con opponent outside of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which comes in, in January. You could argue they saved their best for, for mid-December. And so maybe they did kind of inch their way up toward Indiana this weekend. But, but yeah, I, I think uh, he, he loves the practice time. He loves growing up these freshmen in the month of December once they get finals behind them and all they have to focus on for about three and a half weeks is basketball. That's usually when these guys make their biggest leap. And we've got some guys that need to make a leap, like MJ Rice and Ernest Uday and Zuby Edgefor. And, you know, we, we've got clearly some high upside there that's not been tapped into yet potential-wise. And, and that's exciting because it, it means this team could get exponentially better. But it's also, um, you know, the clock's kind of ticking on some of these guys because – Coach, ideally, I heard him say this yesterday, by mid-January would like to have a solid eight rotation. That doesn't mean he'll only play eight, but that means he'd like to have it down to the eight he can trust the most. And right now, Bobby Pettiford and Joe Yesifu are going to be in that mix for sure. One of those freshman bigs is, and then you're at eight pretty fast. And that means somebody like MJ's got to find a way to thrust his way into that role. And I think he will. I think MJ could, according to Coach, be a guy that plays 18 to 20 minutes a game by the time we get into you know latter portions of January. But he had uh, back-to-back injury situations, one of which was health-wise, not not a basketball injury, but kidney stones, and and dealt with a you know a back, a, an ankle, you know physical stuff that was on the floor as well as the kidney stones, and he just never had that chance to to get a true runway to kind of take off and have liftoff as a as a freshman phenom coming in, Ernest and Zuby have kind of been going back and forth where, you know, one week you think it's Zuby, one week you think it's Ernest. And I heard coach say yesterday, he really feels like right now Zuby's got 
uh, a little bit of more of a, a, an upward arrow next to him than, than maybe Ernest does, which is a bit of a surprise based on Ernest's measurables. And you know, we talk all the time about this team ceiling maybe being at its highest if the top 30 five-star freshman center plays to that 7-4 wingspan and, and plays to his capability. It might be Zuby though, that right now has inside pole position on Ernest. But I say all that to say that we're pretty dang good right now but we could be great come February if some of these guys get a chance to really take lift off and take flight. And that's where, to your point, this month is, is so pivotal. And Coach does like to practice time and, and does like a chance to get in the lab, as the kids like to say, and, and, and work on things to get this team playing to its optimal potential. But uh, it was definitely a jump both feet first in the deep end of the pool type scheduling and, and that maybe caused some freshmen to fall a little bit behind because the coaches are going to play who they trust right out the gates but this this is a season where you know some of those young bucks with higher ceilings but but lesser experience you know really start to, to gain some traction in the pecking order but unless he changes his mind and goes to a nine or ten man rotation there's going to be limited number of spots to fight for and so guys like you know, Ernest and, and Zuby that are going back and forth, or MJ who'd like to compete for some of those wing minutes with with Joe and, and Bobby, they really got to step it up these next few weeks. It's as pivotal of a stretch on the practice court as it is in the classroom for these guys. Brian, talk a little bit about the impact that Dewan Harris makes on a game, <clears throat> any game, night in and night out. Of course, you know, we saw him against Mizzou. He took two shots, made both of them, but there were multiple times that he was the best player on the court. And going back into his hometown in Columbia, being able to perform at that level, at such a high level, uh, that's got to that's gotta feel great for Bill Self. Talk about his impact and what he brings to the table. Well, Coach would tell you that he's one of those guys that could score two points and totally dominate the game and, and doesn't have to be a guy in the scoring column to have his fingerprints all over a win and clearly Saturday was one of those games he finishes with nine assists two turnovers he now has 25 assists four turnovers in his last three games he leads the big 12 in assist to turnover ratio top 10 nationally assist to turnover ratio and that's just talking about distribution now let's talk about defense uh, I mean he's one of those guys with Incredibly quick hands, excellent anticipation. Coach was describing on Hawk Talk the other night his ability to bluff like he's he's coming out to guard you, kind of sink back for a split second, and then strike a second later. And and just his ability to get his hand in the cookie jar, so to speak, when you don't think it's coming. And, and he's very unassuming. He's honestly physically unimpressive. Like he, he's not going to make you – you know, ooh and ah when he gets off the bus, you're like, wow, look at that physical specimen. I mean, he's 160 pounds soaking wet. He's not a, you know, strong guy upper body-wise or anything like that, but he's quick. His instincts are great. His basketball IQ is off the charts. His feel for the game is as good as you'll see. And so you add all that up, and he's a heck of a player. And and we've told this story before on this show, but Coach keeps telling it, so I'll keep repeating it. He's one of those guys that in pickup, during the national championship season, whether it was summertime pickup scrimmages, whether it was preseason five on five, he never lost a single game. Now he lost six games in the, in the 40 game season. So it's not like he was undefeated on the year, but he just is one of those natural knack for winning type guys 
it, it always winds up on the winning team. And again, the stat line might not wow you physically. He might not impress you, but he does all the things that help teams win. He leads us in drawn charges for the second straight year. I mean, stuff like that. Right. And so uh, that, that's why he's such an impressive player. And coach keeps saying it. We're watching the most underrated guard in America right now. Don't take him for granted. Don't look past what this guy brings. Uh, Fran Fraschilla has said that. Fran Fraschilla called him the most underrated player in America. So he's, he's definitely one of those guys we're so lucky to have. And I think that too often as, you know, fans that play fantasy sports or, or just read the box scores and who's averaging 20 a game and all that, we get swept up in the counting stats of, points and, and other categories but uh he's just one of those guys that fills up every little column and and sometimes it's in the intangibles that aren't counting stats that show up on a box score and that's the stuff that makes a coach fall in love with you and clearly he is on the very short short list of bill self's favorite players in his 20 seasons at kansas yeah he's becoming one of ours too brian we want to pivot just a minute here uh the news of mike leach rippling all across the country you spent time in lubbock i don't recall if you spent time with him there um i i was able to early in my career but his impact there is immeasurable what what stands out to you about mike leach as he died a couple of days ago everybody now fondly remembering the impact he had on the game but how was it for you with mike leach well, it's interesting. Um, I did not get to cover him in Lubbock when I was there. Tommy Tuberville was the coach for a season. And then um, after that, it was Cliff Kingsbury. So while I wasn't around him, I, I came and, and there was still a very large shadow cast by Mike Leach over that whole football community. And it was interesting, as it was described to me my first week in Lubbock, you had a, a fractured fan base where you had the Stay True to Coach Leach group, which were called the Leachers. Great name. And then he had those that were just true to the double T, no matter who the coach was. And, and what that meant was they were not pleased, half of the fans, with how it went down with coach being let go. And, and uh, you know, they were going to be forever loyal to the guy that brought them Graham Harrell to Michael Crabtree and the famous catch that beat Texas and brought them, you know, the high watermark in the history of Texas Tech football. You know, so I didn't get a chance to, to cover him day to day while I was there, but certainly heard all kinds of stories. And my own story predates my time at Lubbock. I was the sports director at KLWN in Lawrence, which is a great station, but it's just a 500-watt AM station in a media market in Kansas. And yet when a lot of big-time head coaches would turn down an interview request to go on a station of that size, he granted my request when I was like, 28 years old and you know, didn't have a huge resume or anything. And you hear so many stories like this of people he made time for. But what was unique about this was, you know, he said, yeah, I'll do the interview, but uh, call me at, at, at 7.45 on Tuesday night and yada, yada. And I'm like, okay. So I call him. And, and he's sitting in a barber shop in West Texas, and he does the 15-minute interview as they're cutting his hair, multiple times switching the phone from one ear to the other because – the, the, the buzzers, <laughs> they were coming around to that ear. He's like, hang on a second. And he moved it over here. And yeah, it wasn't ideal for the interview, but I mean, that was the, the beauty of it. Like he made time for people and, and it was always unique. He never knew what he was going to say. And, and in this instance, I was so grateful because I, I'd never done an interview in a barber's chair as a live cut was happening before. And yet I got to with him. Somebody told me a story the other day before he passed of uh, a guy that, that has a podcast who 
uh, had somehow gotten Coach Leach to agree to come on, and he was driving through Wyoming. And maybe this story has been, you know, hyperbolized like the size of a fish you caught five years ago, and the fish keeps getting bigger and bigger. But the guy told me that Leach's cell phone kept dropping, and it took two hours, but he kept calling back, and, and they kept getting more and more of what was supposed to be a 30-minute conversation. It took the better part of two hours, but he was committed to getting it done, even though his, his phone call kept dropping. And so I just think that speaks to the guy that he was, and you hear so many stories of him going the extra mile or spending the extra few minutes to make an impact on somebody. And obviously he was a offensively gifted innovator uh, studying under how mummy to, to put forth an air raid offense that college football had never seen before. And I'll never forget some of those early leech teams that were constantly hanging 50 points on the opposition and running a hundred plays. And you'll recall some of those games were taking four and a half hours and the TV networks didn't know what to do with uh, the time slots when Texas tech was playing because you know, they'd go down and score in 90 seconds and everything would spread them out, hurry them up and score. And, uh, and, and it was unlike anything we'd ever seen. But he also brought more excitement and, and uh, you know, just a new way of looking at offensive football. So he'll be remembered for so many things. But probably the biggest takeaway was, you know, like I said, the, all the lives he impacted just by taking time, you know, to, to talk to people. And then when he talked to you, he was clearly one of the most fascinating personalities ever. Would always say something, whether it was about pirates or zombies or sometimes not every quote was great. One time he talked about his player's fat little girlfriends, and that that certainly offended people when he said that. But the point is, he did not, you never he did not gonna... back down on that either, Brian. Like, I covered that. That was right when I started my career. Yeah. Uh, and it was, yeah. you know, that was pre the current state of things and yeah they they gave him a chance to apologize and he absolutely did not he did not uh, he probably wasn't going to unless he was really in trouble because he just spoke his mind and uh he, he like i said whenever we tuned in for the big 12 teleconference each week on a on a monday at 10 a.m i mean you you really had no idea what was going to come out of his mouth and that was what made it so great because he was it was a live mic and he could talk about anything but it was always interesting i promise you that Yes, it was. All right, Brian. Well, we appreciate it. So you guys get uh, Indiana, uh, 11 a.m. tip. You'll hear it on KFH. Anything special coming up for that broadcast, the Blue Blood battle there at uh, at Allen Fieldhouse? Uh, you know, I, I would say this. You asked for something special. We're going to have something special over the uh, – over the, the public address and over the, the the big video board because Dick Vitale's doing the game and Dick oh, uh, awesome. for so many years has raised he's raised money for for cancer research and pediatric cancer fighting and then he himself has battled cancer here in the last eighteen months and got the all clear got to ring the bell back in the fall and uh, late summer and so we've got something pretty special I probably shouldn't give it away but but somebody okay. that that he once stood up for. Uh, and, and if you're a Kansas diehard and you know about Dick Vitale and standing ovations, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to have that person deliver a message about KU being behind him. And that's all I'll say. But it's going to be a really special moment when that happens. And I would imagine, you know, Dick's going to be uh, really touched. So we'll keep that between us and the 100,000 people listening to the show right now. But we're looking forward to that. That would be what's special. Beyond that, it's a top 15 head-to-head matchup. they got a preseason All-American big man. It's going to be a great test for Kansas to go up against size again size that gave us fits versus Tennessee we'll see you know big time first team all-american type post presence and see how the Jayhawks handle that on Saturday 
All right, Brian, we appreciate these visits. Uh, be good this week. Enjoy your trip to Wichita. Maybe we'll run into you today. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks so much, guys. And big thanks to the Mattress Hub for making these conversations possible each and every Wednesday. Every night when I sleep in my own bed, it's a great night's sleep. Thanks to the folks at the Mattress Hub. I got my purple mattress this past spring, and it's completely changed the quality of sleep that I've gotten. So you can do the same for you, whether it's Tempur-Pedic, purple, whatever. They've got all the top lines at all the best prices and terrific customer service as well. So check them out today at MattressHub.com. Appreciate you so much, and we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. There goes Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. If you're just joining us, missed any of that conversation, you can find it in full at kfhradio.com. Tommy and I will be back. We'll give something away here, some movie tickets to the new Avatar premiere tomorrow night. We'll do that, and we'll roll forward on this Wednesday edition of Sports Daily next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hear this. Hear this. Go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on a Wednesday. Quick segment here as we get caught up on time. Appreciate the conversation with Brian Haney. Uh, You can listen back to that at kfhradio.com. Let's give away some movie tickets in this quick segment as we make our way to hour number two. Uh, Second caller right now can win two tickets to Disney's Avatar, The Way of the Water. That's at Boulevard Theaters in Town West this Thursday, 7 o'clock. Avatar, the new one, supposed to be pretty cool. 7 o'clock tomorrow, four tickets to our second caller right now. We'll take our break here and make our way toward hour number two. Coming up in the second hour, uh, we'll take a look as we get uh, some signings starting to trickle in at just where that K-State football class is going to come in next year. Uh, We'll take a look at a big baseball contract again happening. The market in baseball is just going up and see how that pertains to the Kansas City Royals making some headlines yesterday with conversations on that new stadium. All of that and more. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, hour number two of Sports Daily, coming right up. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.